0: Austin 316
1: says I just whipped your ass
0: And what's the gonna do?
1: It doesn't matter how you're doing Woo! we of do Living Let like Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Would you please Shut
2: the hell up! You don't know What hard times are, daddy The cream will rise to the top Oh yeah Oh yeah I at the
1: rubble
2: what up what up welcome to episode 128 of keep the kayfabe i'm mike sitting here with my boys ready to talk some wrestling i hope everybody had a great memorial day weekend i know i did it was really really nice weather was beautiful and uh we had a great pay-per-view of aew double or nothing taking place this past sunday in las vegas Last week, we did our prediction show where we ran down the card and submitted our picks, and we're going to share the results with you tonight. But before we do, we got to introduce the boys real quick. He's down in Glendale. He likes to keep it regal. His name is Steve Grobschmidt. What up, Grabby? I think I'm cute.
0: I know I'm sexy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I've got the looks Mm -hmm. that drive the girls wild. I got the moves that really move them. I send chills up and down their spines. I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy boy. toy. I'm not your boy
3: toy. toy.
0: I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy.
1: toy.
2: Okay. Oh my God, Steve! That was like that could have been in a romance novel, to be quite honest. If you were the audio audio book uh, reader for Uh, mm -hmm. books on tape or something like that, you got. I think you got a future there, bro. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Don't. a little risque, though. It was something. Yeah,
0: so it might be a little. I might probably need. We probably need the explicit rating now.
2: We're going to switch up the order here since you already heard the man's voice. It's kind of cute that you guys had that little chemistry going on. <laughs> He's down in Ohio. He's the man with the golden pipes. He is Gary Williams. What up, Gary? need to allow me to introduce myself. Been around for a long, long
3: well, I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't hear my song for MJF, but, but he did wear the devil mask. I was very pleased. So uh, that wow. was, it was good. It was good stuff, but yeah, I'm here. I'm excited. Thanks for having me again.
1: I love oh, how for the, sure. Roland, the Rolling Stones music you played. It's like, you could only hear the vocals. That was great. I personally kind of like the shitty audio It's just just going downhill in a hurry I find it charming
0: No problem Can we cut him off?
3: (laughs) Yeah Go ahead, cut me off
0: Cut you off
1: Fire me, I'm already fired Woo, fire me, I'm already fired
0: How was
3: your Memorial Day weekend, Gary? Oh, it was really good, thanks for asking Uh, Warm here in Ohio Um, But yeah, uh, you know um, We had a good weekend I thought it was an awesome weekend of wrestling And um, I actually hope that we will spend Just even a few moments on the WWE pay-per-view as well Because I do think there's some really cool stuff that happened there
1: but i know our focus is
3: on AEW tonight um so um and the next most important focus is on crusher fest which i'm sad to say i won't be with you there physically but i will be there in spirit
2: definitely disguised (laughs) as the devil (laughs) we will represent you well there gary and good to hear man and yeah our Next co-host, he's got more details on that for us right after we introduce him. He's the man who keeps it freshly squeezed. His name is Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? How are you?
1: I am fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, Crusher Fest this weekend, June 3rd and 4th, Saturday and Sunday. Keep the k we will definitely be there, 4 p.m., I think. Wrestling starts at 6 p.m., which is going to be exciting. So we would imagine we'd be there a little bit before that. Maybe we'll have some special guests on the show. It's what we've all been waiting for. This is the WrestleMania of Keep the Kayfabe. And, oh, actually, we have a special guest here to chime in with his thoughts. Randy Macho Man Savage has uh, just joined me here in the studio. Randy, are you uh, excited for Crusher Fest this weekend? (gasps) Oh, yeah, Crusher Fest. It gets me hot. It gets me to the breaking point. Yeah.
2: Wow. Reincarnated.
1: I didn't think that was possible. I didn't either, wow. but, yeah, thanks, Randy, for dropping in. Okay, yeah.
2: If the Macho Man is coming back from the grave to go to Crusher Fest, you better be there, too, folks.
1: You better listen to Keep the k But That's mm-hmm. going to be an exclusive interview. Mm-hmm. Wow. Looks
2: like the weather is amazing. They get a lot of great food trucks in there. They have music. It's in legendary South Milwaukee where Gary and Grabby actually grew up. And, uh... Ran a little uh, ramp. ramp uh, what do you call buckshot?
1: Ramshot? Rough shot? There? What do you run to? Rough shot. There's the word. We
3: yeah. were, well, of course, Steve went to a, a different high school than I did. But the high school I went to, we were the Rockets. So we're. I think you guys are going to literally take off this weekend uh, with a a great uh, opportunity to speak to some legends and then also see some really cool independent wrestling. Uh, I think it's a really cool culmination of um, just a good remembrance of the Crusher and all that he did, because in a lot of ways and stuff we've talked about here on the show, um, I think, you know, that that old school flair is, you know, still really viable today. Um, as probably seen in the AEW pay per view, you know, a lot of old school homages that happened um, during the Four Pillars match, other things. Um, so I don't, I think that uh, it, you know, it's a great opportunity for fans uh, not only to relive the past, but to also be excited about the future of wrestling.
1: I feel like there's an opportunity here to pull a rib on Marty Jannetty if we run into him, just be like, hey, you go to high school in South Milwaukee because you were in that tag team named after the mascot, right? The that Rockets, right?
3: Oh yeah, baby. Mm.
1: <laughs> I don't know how we take it. Maybe we'll find out. We'll yeah, see. I don't know. It's I'll a good icebreaker. Make, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Otherwise, we'll put him. We'll bring a barber shop window and put him through it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would work too. Definitely. Or we could say we got a lot of money and he'll probably do anything we want. <laughs> That's very
0: true.
2: Well, speaking of money, Double or Nothing was happening in Las Vegas this past weekend, and that's AEW's huge pay-per-view. It was well attended. The crowd was hot. And, uh, yeah we got to run down a bunch of matches tonight here guys uh Charlie won't be joining us because he has an underwear modeling gig once again but uh Matt was actually in Las Vegas Matt did you see any AEW like t-shirts walking around on the strip or that you bumped into people that were taking in a long weekend got there a little early
1: I was shocked I did not see anyone um Lane. it's funny. So I was actually traveling for work with my wife Becky and we were there. We flew in on Tuesday and we left Saturday late afternoon. So anybody I think that was in town for the pay-per-view may have gotten in on Saturday. I know that they also hosted Dynamite this week. Uh I think it was on Wednesday. So there were some folks who were there for the entire week. But strangely no, walking down the strip no AEW t-shirts in sight. It was mind-blowing to me. I almost forgot the pay-per-view was even happening. I flew back, like I said, Saturday night, did a bunch of stuff around the house Sunday during the day, totally forgot until maybe 30 minutes before the end of the pre-show that the pay-per-view was happening. So, thankfully I was able to tune in on time and catch it because it was a doozy, as we'll hear.
2: Fucking A. Awesome stuff. Well, welcome home. Let's get to the matches. Let's so, do we that. did We did have one that didn't make the main card, and we all kind of picked it. It was uh, the Hardy Boys with Hook versus, uh, was it the Guns and Ethan Ethan Page for Ethan Ethan Page's contract. So what? anything shake out significant with that that we need to get to real quick?
0: It wasn't... (laughs) Jeff Hardy kind of messed up a couple times, and it just—I mean, it wasn't great. I mean, you know, the good news is the crowd was in—you know, the crowd—the crowd loves the Hardys, so uh, I mean, even despite it all, you know, they're over like Rover, but I—I I would say, given the talent involved, it was kind of what it was.
3: I I agree with you, Steve. This was another time, though, as much as again, you know. As much as I know Hook is over, he is really starting to show his inability to kind of perform at a level that's beyond just some basic wrestling moves and holds. And I do think, you know, it's admirable the way that they're kind of carrying him right now. and I think he's a larger than like persona, but you know, again, it's a match like this where you're like, okay, another VL throw another, this, you know, and it's just kind of the same old, same old. And, uh... but I do think. Ethan page was amazing as a great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: The ass boys are actually also really good. I think that they, they do bring that element of old school kind of heat to a match. Um, and like you said, Steve, I, I think Jeff and Matt Hardy could slip all the way down the ramp and they would, the people still love them. And I just feel for Jeff Hardy. Like you just, it's scary kind of watching him and sometimes in the ring and just wondering to yourself, like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, I hope he's okay. But then again, like, you just, he's just a wild card right now. And I know that they're trying to do the right thing by helping him out during this period of time. I just, I just hope that he, is smart enough to end his career on a high note and yeah. and not have something happen that will kind of detract from that. I don't know.
0: That's a good way to say it. Very and well I think that's guy. why we're we're kind of we're kind of echoing what fans say. It's like you know he's kind of slipping up a little. He's had his things off screen, mm-hmm. but you just pull for the guy because he just yeah. you know he's 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 an all timer. Dude, so, when that, yeah.
3: When that when that music is thumping like we were in milwaukee when it, you know oh my god like it's so infectious like yeah. their mm-hmm. their appeal the the way people rally around them and you know and you've noticed we've all noticed jeff hardy now you know his swanton vomit is landing more on top of guys i mean that can't feel good for whoever's accepting the blow um and it's just you know i i i do think in general, it's an okay match to start to get the crowd hot, but I just don't think it got them fired up. And then in the end, it's hook with the win, like eh, like that just didn't really. It would have made more sense for me for Matt to be the one to do something, right? Because
1: <laughs> it was his feud.
3: It was his feud, but they gave yeah, it to they, Hook, and it's like, you know.
1: Based on the little bit I've heard, that sounds pretty spot on. Um, Yeah, I, I heard a little bit about Jeff Hardy's mess up, I guess you could call it. Like, there was some question as to whether did he really botch it, or was it intentional? I, I don't know enough. I didn't see the match, unfortunately. But, yeah, it, it's an unfortunate way to kind of lead up to the main show.
3: Mm. Although, to segue into, I thought, that the introduction of all the guys for the Battle Royal was an amazing not not because was clever. Not because most of us picked the Battle Royal to start the show. But um, with that being said, um uh, I do think it was really clever and a really great way to kind of like showcase the guys, but then also entice fans to want to buy the pay-per-view.
1: That's good booking. Yeah, that's good booking. Sorry, I couldn't help myself.
2: Yes. With that being said, everybody did pick the Battle Royale to be the opening match to start the pay-per-view, and they all did pick Orange Cassidy to be the victor. I did not pick that to be the opening match, nor did I pick Orange Cassidy, so I lost two points right there. Mm -hmm. But uh, So this Battle Royale, it sounded like everybody got showcased pretty effectively.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can talk a little bit about this match and Gary, Steve, obviously share your thoughts. I was not involved in the predictions, so uh, I can definitely do a quick rundown though. Basically, I I don't think I'm alone when I say this was probably one of the best booked Mm -hmm. battle royals that AEW for sure has ever done. The stories that developed within the match itself were great. There were some phenomenal spots. I think some guys were fighting outside the ring, even before, Mm -hmm. like when the match had Mm -hmm. started, before they were even able to get in the ring, which was kind of cool. I I personally have never seen that in a battle royal before, so it was kind of something unique for me. Um, JR didn't seem too keen on it, on commentary, but... I. I, I could take or leave JR, I think, at this point for a multitude of reasons. But... yeah, he didn't have a great night. No, definitely
0: not. It. But not the but... least which was the racism, but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: well, he, he did call Karen Jarrett a Jezebel at one point, which, which... cracked yeah. me cracked me up, but it's like okay, Jim, come on. But anyway, getting back to the match. Yeah, like I said, just really well booked. So many spots. I mean, I could go on all night about this. I'm not going to because I want to hear from the guys. But, yeah, I thought this was a fantastic way to start the pay-per-view. The result was, I think, somewhat predictable. I'm really curious where they go from here, though. I remember as a little, when I was a little kid, I used to love Battle Royals
0: for some reason. I think because of the spectacle of it. But now that I'm an adult and I've seen enough of them, I don't even look forward to them half the time. And I'll admit, this one, it was like, okay matt or sorry mike picked um jay white jay white and we Mm -hmm. picked orange cassidy and honestly god there was no one else that could even be a credible pick because it was mid to upper mid carters it was like it was almost like a throw-in thing but it turned out really good and i thought Mm -hmm. yeah they showcased there were people that came out of this really good that needed it brian cage Mm-hmm. Uh what they call him, Big Bill. Big Bill, um, Big Bill had a great night. He did. Uh, and I think Brian Cage had a great night. And um, I mm-hmm. mean, they just um swerve. My god, what a what a I mean, he's been kind of lost in this never-ending feud with Keith Lee that it's like get it over with already. But man, he had a night. Um, so no, I I I thought it was one of the best battle royals I've certainly seen in a long time. And yeah, I mean, we can talk about, it. I mean, I'm I continue to give the exact same prediction until I'm proven wrong that I think uh, orange is doing this heroic run so that somebody can beat him on uh collision. And I think, you know, someone like to me, it'll be either Miro Miro or um, Andrade, but uh, man, it's just, yeah, this was a fun one. It's a good start to the main show.
3: Yeah. You guys hit a lot on a lot of the things that are, that really were critical in terms, Terms of its entertainment value and battle royals in of themselves have typically are fairly stale which is why you've got royal rumble formats you've got the casino battle royal format i think that's probably why they tinkered with this format a little bit too because i think they know like it is what it is so the fact that guys um, were all around the ring and then started brawling you know it, it was a little you know i guess maybe as an old school guy i was like come on man like get in the ring let's go but then again like it was just another way for the 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 match to uh, involve chaos and have guys going everywhere but um i loved um what they did with big bill i really um i genuinely had a moment where i thought oh man this this could he's really come into his own um in we talk about this, but everybody's supposed to have their place in a wrestling organization, right? And I think Big Bill and Lee Moriarty represent kind of that. Um, it's not slapstick, but it's, and it's not a comedy act, but they're, they do kind of like, they're, they're just kind of that mid card, bad heel tag team that gets enough in to make the, to, to to really um create good baby face interaction and then all of a sudden you know th- inevitably something always happens i mean at house rules big bill went right through a uh, uh, a chair and then you know it, so a lot of those types of spots. I think big Bill is in the same situation here, he comes across so massive, so strong. And then, you know, he, you know, gets knocked out. I, I also, I think it would, I think it would be remiss if we didn't point out the luchadors in this one as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the chemistry Mm -hmm. that they showed, um, it was pretty amazing. Like it just shows further depth of the roster in comparison to what you might see on a WWE program, which, you know, they use, um, Rey Mysterio and Dominic to some degree, but real luchadors, they really don't have that that type and really brilliant stuff. But in the end, yes, orange is what it is. I I we said this in the text thread. I don't have to like it. <laughs> I can respect it. I'm 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 just growing my my orange Cassidy time is coming to an end, or probably already has, but it is what it is, and I appreciate what what story they're trying to tell with him.
2: Yeah. Good stuff. Happy to see Orange retain. I love them. Sounds like it was a great battle Royale. So let's keep the great times rolling. Next up is Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole and beloved Sabu Maybe. made a <laughs> appearance with Adam Cole. Bye. Bye. You're right, Steve. Sorry. I always forget to add that, but you uh. always do, which is great. <laughs> All right. So we were split on this match. Me and Charlie actually picked Adam Cole to win, but Gary and Steve did not. So they both dropped a point there. Um did Sabu get hurt? Because I did not watch this pay per view. Was there ever a risk or um look like he did? How yeah. do you
0: you know it's funny oh I my mean, god i like it was one of those like when arn walks down the ring and you're like oh god is he gonna like break his hip uh Cebu like kind of kept it safe but then in a you know then all of a sudden they had tables set up and i forget i think it was uh one of uh 2.0 or both were on these tables and he goes up to the top no pause looks like he starts falling but then executes a flip and like lands on the, on the yeah. table and it was like I went from like, oh, shit, he's going to die to like, wow, it, goddamn, if it didn't work. Yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know if he planned it that way or just got lucky, but it was yeah, like,
3: literally was like hilarious. you're holding your breath. You're holding yeah. your breath watching this dude come through the air. And you're like, you know? <laughs> I don't think he plans
2: a lot. No. Mm. It was
1: pretty Except hilarious. To, so yes. to, give a, to give a couple thoughts on this match um, and talk a little bit about some of the spots in it. Sabu was awesome, surprisingly, just like Steve said there was quite a few spots between Jericho and Adam Cole in this match that I thought at least, and I'm, I'm happy to debate this with you guys, but I feel like there was a lot of miscommunication throughout Mm -hmm. the match and you could really tell in some of the exchanges they had, um, great example, Jericho goes for the lion salt or the, Mm -hmm. whatever they call it now off the middle rope. Adam Cole does his usual. I'm going to super kick this guy upside down in midair while he's doing this, but I don't I feel like Jericho was ready for it and he kind of did it sort of at the last second. It just looked bad. There was some other spots too that just, I don't know. It was kind of the whole vibe of the match. Um, At one point they handcuffed each other together with a chain and it became like an impromptu chain match as Mm -hmm. JR pointed out to everybody. And I don't know, like just, I felt like they did it. And then they went, okay, what spots are we going to do? Like they wanted the visual of it, but then that was it and so that happens the match ends because Adam cole kicks too much ass and they just you know had to call an unsanctioned match which the crowd was not happy about uh and i think we were talking a lot last night on the group thread and uh, steve maybe it was you but somebody kept pointing out that the crowd was just dead and i have to believe this match did not help if anything it took a dead crowd made them completely silent because they had a pretty good time, I think, with the Battle Royal. Like, okay, yeah, let, let's get this rolling. But then this match did them no favors. Um, One thing I called out to the group last night, and this is the last thing I'll say about the match because I want to hear your thoughts as well, is Jericho, in multiple interviews, has talked a lot about how Vince McMahon put him and Kevin Owens on at WrestleMania in, second, in the second spot, which completely killed their festival of friendship feud several years back. And it just really chaps his ass you can tell when you listen to these interviews so to see jericho go on second i thought was pretty surprising he's clearly got a ton of pull backstage so either he had to take a back seat for some other reason or he willingly went on second with adam cole and just knowing how jericho is when it comes to the second spot i i wonder if psychologically that had something to do with how this match went but regardless not the best showing from either of these two
3: it was bad Sorry, like I mean, I'm, I'm I'm I I I've gone, I go to I've been in athletics all my life. Uh last night watched the Heat Celtics and the Celtics fans near the end of the game booed their team. And as much as you want to say right or wrong, like they should have booed them. And you know what? The fans booed the end of this match and they should have booed because it sucked. It was not a good match. Either they didn't practice enough or they Really didn't communicate much, but they it felt like they both kind of went into the match thinking our personas are going to be bigger than anything we'll get through, and it was sloppy. It wasn't. It just didn't tell a really good story, and then it just kind of went at the end, and it was like all this for that, and then of course a guy gets pummeled, to his lights are out, and then a couple minutes later he's in a segment with Soraya yelling and screaming how he's going to get revenge. Like that, you know, I'm all for dispelling (laughs) belief, but come on. Like he was, he was knocked unconscious and, you know, I don't, I don't know many UFC fighters that, that, that recover and have an interview. So I felt like that. I don't know what I'm guessing that that segment was planned, but it almost maybe had to happen because of how crappy the match was. They had to do something. So the reason I picked Jericho to win was and Steve, I think you were with me on this. I did. We, we, we felt like the feud has to keep going, but it, I, I just don't know where it goes from here to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you guys, you guys said a lot of it. I, the only thing I'll add is that what's inexplicable to me is that you know, Adam Cole's probably one of the best workers of the modern era. Chris Jericho's an all-time great, and even in his fifties, generally delivers every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell went wrong here, because you know, but yeah, I don't. I, I Gary offered up some speculations, and you both did. I don't know, but this was probably one of the lowlights of the whole show, which I think was, you know, I I, I overall thought it was a really good show, but this was not, yeah, the crowd, they lost the crowd, and it's easy to shit on the crowd, because there were times it's like, why aren't you up more, but there was nothing in this match to be up more on, and... You know they did the whole thing with the dog collar esque thing at the mm-hmm. end, where they kind of their chained together. But that even inhibited them because Adam Cole did his thing at the end, and then he's like stumbling to get the damn thing off of his leg, and yeah. that just killed the moment. He and yeah, I he mean, couldn't
3: get it wrapped around his leg. And I know it's just like, it was it was, it was uh, so sloppy.
0: Considering these two, this is not the match I would think we'd no. be sitting here after the fact saying it was kind of junk. But it it was junk. It was it was one of the worst matches on the show, if not the worst. Um, hmm. And Aubrey Matthew, Aubrey Edwards, like, doing the, um, calling the match in an unsanctioned, inexcusable, and it's just, it's just a good thing that, you know, she, she paid the price for it later, is all I'm going to say.
3: I, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree,
0: wholeheartedly. (laughs) Whatever happened to her later on the show, which we'll talk about, was deserved. Well deserved. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. But no, that's, that's, I echo what you guys said.
2: Yeah, the internet really didn't like it. It was very low-grade. Um, maybe glad I didn't see it because I do love both of those competitors and glad Sabu's okay though I mean he got his money and I think that's what's most important here folks so let's not stray away from that Mike I think that's
3: that's the key I I love both characters a lot and it Mm -hmm. just felt like they they just didn't bring their very best which is really unusual for them I'm sure they did I'm sure that you know but in the end right like that you just I just had way higher expectations for the two of them and what they were trying to do with this program and it almost felt like the beginning was just all thrown together just which I will say throughout the card it just felt like there's just a lot of people thrown in for a lot of reasons just to get them on the card which kind of detracted to some degree and I wonder if that mm-hmm. start of that match kind of detracted and then they tried to rally to create a story but I just, yeah.
2: just didn't work for me. And I mean, with all the competitors in the battle Royale, plus all these yeah. extra pieces, it's kind of like, yeah, give us something to focus on for real. And then they kept it going in the next match, which was FTR, um mm-hmm. going up against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with Mark Briscoe as the referee. So a lot of moving parts here. Um, the internet didn't quite like this one either, though. Was They're it nuts. kind of a bummer or like what happened here? I
0: thought that was great. Yeah, but we're biased. You know, at least Gary and I are biased. Yeah. Anything Jeff Jarrett's involved. I thought this match was outstanding. I loved it. Yeah, I...
3: If if I'm I can predict what Matt's going to think, because this is this is the very definition of old school, new school, a psychology of a match, because the Jarrett. That camp is Memphis wrestling, which is crazy, over-the-top, crazy shit happening everywhere. And he it, it followed that pattern. And I, again, like Steve, loved it. Matt, I know, I'm sure you were like, what the hell?
1: No, it, I wasn't like, what the hell? I think the actual wrestling in this match was fine, I would, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, there was nothing specific on, I honestly remember about it. I think when we started to get down near the end of the match, when the shenanigans started to kick in, I did start to get more into it. I do like a little bit of chaos, a little bit of old school, like just some might call it sports entertainment. Some might call mm-hmm. it old school booking It's somewhere in between. I don't know, but not to steal anyone else's thunder. Cause I do want to talk a little bit about the shenanigans. If you miss the match, go back and watch it. If you didn't miss it, you already know what's coming. Sanjay Dutt, is like outside the ring, trying to block Aubrey Edwards from coming down to referee. And he's just standing there with his hands on his hips, shaking his head, blocking her, which I just felt was like ridiculous. And thankfully Aubrey pushes him and knocks him down, which was like one of the most cathartic moments on the show, in my opinion. No, it's the next moment. Karen Jarrett steps in and smashes Aubrey Edwards with a guitar over the head. This is way laser. In that moment, I was thinking to myself, What she had to have been like, I want to get hit in the head with a guitar or I want Mm -hmm. to take a bump as a ref like and not just like, oh, no, somebody accidentally elbowed me in the back and now I'm out cold Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes. No, like a real, real bump. So this looked scary, like the guitar shot to the head. But overall, I thought the shenanigans really helped the match. It was good. FTR, you know, retains and life goes on.
2: So did Aubrey ref Jericho's match too?
1: She did. Oh, yeah. She did a Jericho's test. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then she she came out in a row. Well, no, she didn't wrap this one. She came out to try to because there was a ref. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Briscoe got there was a ref bump with Briscoe. He got whacked and he was out. And so um, I got confused. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did, too. And I watched it. It's okay. Yeah. No, I might got I think Gary and I both
0: It's the same thing like. I squealed loudly <laughs> when she got hit with the guitar. I I freaking loved it. I mean, I don't really have anything against Aubrey, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes they make her. To, she's getting like, like as a character, she's getting to be worse and worse of a referee because, yeah. like in the women's matches, she just misses every like interference and everything. And I disagree. She had no business coming down here. Sanjay Dutt, the great man that he is, was trying to write a wrong and luckily karen put the you know the, the cherry on the sunday i think what was also funny was like jim ross seemed like he was legit Getting pissed at the Sanjay Dutt oh, like yelling at him. But he, I don't know. I, I assume he wasn't really mad, but it was hilarious. So he just started yelling at him. And it was, it was I don't know. That cracked me up.
3: Yeah, this was this was the height of, of where I was either jr's either drunk or stoned right now because he was he, randomly just screaming at Sanjay Dudd during the match. But uh, but here's the thing though. Just think about this for just a second, though. We only got introduced to Karen Jarrett as as an AEW community. We only got introduced to her within the last week, and on the way down, on the way down to the ring, she went after a fan, and the heat just grew from there. Now, this is a per- this is a this is a performer who has not been on television very much, at, if had at much in her career. But I mean, um, you guys, are just the 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 depth of which they can generate heat is just so amazing, Sanjay. And I know Sanjay for whatever Sanjay, he's the same way. He makes he's kind of like the Jimmy Hart of today. Like he just gets under your skin, and you just want to be like, "Oh, look at somebody's. But it's just a little Sanjay. weasel. Yeah, and I just you got I just I love too. the character. I love what they're doing with that. They again they've got their place like that this is they're the mid card guys that are bringing bringing heat bringing getting people over um and in you know ftr didn't have to you know thinking about all the ftr matches that they've had this one was probably the least pro wrestling-esque match but to be honest like i wonder to some extent if they too you know are like this is kind of nice not to have to take a bunch of spots and be in a bunch of spots and do their thing. Like, I mean, they they kind of just got to be almost like almost like in the backseat of the car just letting those guys drive. I mean, I'll bet you to a lot of degree there's just such a depth of respect with all of them. Um, that I think I'm sure they had a blast. I, I would imagine. I know people I hope so. I, I think people were really down on the match because they're like, oh you've got these guys who are the best wrestlers and you guys there was a there was a story being told and and that and it was one of the one of the few stories that truly from the beginning to the end you could kind of see the closure to the story uh and i don't know again i loved i love old memphis wrestling i love the psychology behind it so i mean like but when she whacked when karen Jarrett whacked aubrey with that there's no chance there was anyone on this podcast or in the universe that knew that was coming because when that happened it came out of nowhere and it was like the you could just feel the whole thing the whole it was like and then all the and for once
0: and for once the AEW cameraman didn't ruin something oh
3: thank god yes thank (laughs) you you're so right they're so still so bad at times but yeah um I don't. I for what it for for its purposes, it was a perfect mid card, you know, p- mid card match for for me.
2: Yeah, and it was for us too. We were perfect on that round of picks. We all picked FTR to win, so we all uh, picked up a point there. Yay for us to move along here. We go to the ladder match for the TNT Championship. It was Wardlow and Christian Cage facing off for the TNT Championship. So, I knew it would bite me in the ass. I picked Christian, Steve picked Christian, Charlie picked Christian. I went against my guy, Wardlow. The only guy that did pick it was our boy Gary here. I'm glad Wardlow got his proper representation and love. So, Gary, yeah, what did you think of this match? Were you happy to see Michael Wardlow retain, and how was the match?
3: Uh, (laughs) Well... I didn't, I didn't like it either. <laughs> Got a huge pop because of that Swanton bomba off the, off the ladder, but it was because of a spot, not because of him. And I think that was something the guys in what culture talked about, which is he's not over. And that's the sad part. Like his character, his persona, like yeah. he needed Christian who's again, and brilliant heel. He needed Christian in that match to make it something and he's not over and it sucks and i and i don't even know at this point what's next for him other than i wonder to some extent if he needs a reboot because he's just not over
2: oh we're not working hard enough i mean if i'm not picking him in this match i exactly against my and And that should be the sign of his status if i don't pick the motherfucker then he's in trouble
3: yeah exactly uh, i
2: don't know It just
3: it was hard. It was hard to watch because he's as much as so you okay, Steve. You brought up Brian Cage. I think Brian Cage in that match 10 times better than what we just saw at Wardle. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I, think, I agree. I think the stuff that Brian Cage is doing is as or more athletic as a big man. Um mm. and and it, you know, and then the whole arm biting Luchasaurus oh, thumb and now. just like I was like, what in the heck is going on right now? It's just all of it. so you go from Matt, you go from this the crazy M- Memphis kind of antics, and then you go to that, and it's like, but that does doesn't make any sense, and it just just didn't work for me. I mean, I'm glad I picked it right, only because I think if they had sadly given it to Christian Wardlow would be dead, but if if anyone was being honest with themselves and is a booker or somebody making decisions at AEW and listen to the crowd, watch that match, they had to walk away being like, we got to do something because this isn't going to work anymore
1: i have to agree 100 one other spot in this match that stuck out to me that we didn't touch on was there was a moment where wardlow jumped i think it was from the turnbuckle mm. and landed on a ladder in the ring and it torqued the ladder and twisted it and then he and christian kind of both went down which fine whatever i mean things happen but then he was he's alone in the ring He goes to climb for the belt and he grabs the twisted ladder. And you can hear the crowd as he's grabbing the crappy ladder. The crowd is like basically telling him no. Don't use that ladder, go for the other one. And everybody in the crowd. And he's just flat out ignoring everybody. So he comes off looking like an idiot. And Mm -hmm. he gets so frustrated, you can tell, when he can't climb this ladder and he just tries to do it anyway. He kind of chucks it away. And you could tell the crowd just kind of threw their arms up like, Jesus, what is happening here? It it was almost kind of embarrassing to watch. And you know the, the Swanton Bomb off the top of the ladder on the outside, That is always cool. That's always going to get a pop, especially when it's a guy the size of Wardlow. That was something unique. But kind of like you said in the beginning, Gary, Wardlow's unfortunately, he's not over nearly as much as he used to be, if Mm -hmm. anything. So I really hope AEW takes a step back and figures out what they want to do with this guy. I think there's going to be some big changes coming in AEW here in the near term, because if you think about Wembley they got to do some big stuff to sell tickets Mm -hmm. for that show. And if they're ever going to go back there or make it work the way they're hoping it will, they're going to have to have some big matches. And this is not one of them.
0: Totally. Yeah. I know. I mean, you guys said it all. Um, The only things I would add is that I don't know. I don't know how the hell they've done wrong by Wardlow. I mean, like when you look, I mean, I think I said, and I know some of you probably did as well when he was doing the buildup while still under mm-hmm. MJF. Some of the, to me, the best storyline writing in AEW was patient long-term. Mm-hmm. And it was like, dude, you can't miss with him. And then pretty much everything that's happened since then, they, they haven't done right by him. And part of it's him. I mean, he's not, I mean, I hate to, you know, Charlie has a point where he just doesn't have the charisma. And I think maybe it was a mistake to make him a good guy. I mean, I know people like him, mm-hmm. but it's like, he's just boring and putting Arn. I'm sorry, I'm a big Iron fan, but it's not working. Iron is like kind of a shadow of his former self. I mean, I said to you guys, like when he was sitting there getting grabbed by, uh, what was it, Luciosaurus? I even said out loud, like, what's he got in his mouth? Cause he yeah. looked like he was like, I, I actually thought he was gonna spray mist in his eye as some homage to Great Muda. But no, it was a blood packet cause he decided to try to bite off uh, Luciosaurus's claw or finger, whatever a dinosaur has. It was stupid. it was weird. Isn't it? Yeah, not even stupid. It was like, what the hell are the what is he doing? Like the uh like uh Mike Tyson thing or like I don't know. It was very yeah. weird. And one one Swanton can't I mean it was all yeah. Wardlow had going for him. And I mean, hell that's that's the Shane McMahon thing. Just you know, it's just all about one spot. It's thing, and it's mm-hmm. just meh.
3: It's sad because Mike, I know that he's one of your faves, but he, he really needs He's I've been trying
2: support. I've been trying I've been singing his I've been singing his praises for three years and if people I mean the nice thing is he might come on our show if he is falling this far but uh <laughs> I don't and speaking of falling pairing him with Arne I don't think is gonna boost his stock because <laughs> you know look at look at the guy yeah um if he, I mean I'm fine with him just joining up with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal at this point I don't give a shit Give him something good, and I thought him with Christian might have been great, Um, and that's what I mean. I'd rather see him lose the title Mm -hmm. in a really, really good match than to win, and it sounded like he was fucking up in this match, so did not help his case, so... That's unfortunate, but I hope I hope Matt's right. I hope
0: I hope with collision and with the Wembley show and all that and these promises of a new AEW in June. I hope they figure out some ways to kind of inject some life into someone like him.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but it worked out for Gary. He swept that. So Gary is playing the game correctly. Not only did he get the honor of going last, but he swooped in at a very pivotal point, which is great. Uh, Steve played the game very good on this match, too. He effectively used his kick out after hearing all of our um, input about this match, AEW World Women's Championship, Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. Uh, Jamie Hader dropped the belt, and I was looking at the notes, and it looked like it only lasted like four minutes or something like that.
0: Is yeah, that the match itself. Yeah, yeah, there was a beatdown. I mean, the big the big thing here is that Jamie is legitimately injured and obviously in hindsight or in foresight, depending on what you read, they so were they just trying to get time. the belt off of her. Yeah.
2: They had more but they, time, but they rang the bell and it only lasted four minutes as well. Yeah, because yeah, they okay. just had
0: like this just beatdown before the match where she was getting beat down by the whole outcast group. And then mm-hmm. she's still, you know, like the, you know, like the heroic but stupid uh, face that, like, just got the shit kicked out of him. But no, I can continue with the match, even though she was, like, beat the hell. But got no. It. Yeah. But th- they did all that just to switch the title. I hear that. Would Would
3: anyone ever find what they did acceptable for the men's world championship?
1: You know, I heard the What Culture guys say the exact same thing, and the short answer is no. It's definitely treated as like a undercard belt, even at its mm-hmm. highest peak. I, the thing I thought about when we saw this match is we've seen Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter before. When Jamie mm-hmm. Hayter first won the belt off of her. That was probably my favorite AEW women's match ever. Mm-hmm. It was so hard hitting. It felt important. I think that's the best compliment I can give it. This match, I mean, this this could have been on for the TBS title on Dynamite, and it would have been like, okay, whatever, what's next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I understand. I mean,
0: it, the match itself couldn't have probably been good because Jamie Hayter's beat up, but I still think the way they went about it was just really kind of clumsy and too much
3: yeah they, i mean in the end right like and i think i read this in a couple places but lots of people had a lot of respect for jamie hater for even showing up that night and right in the ring and doing what she did but it would have been way better served had she just took the pin or submission right away the, the whole like i'm gonna battle back a little bit but then you know i would have just I mean, honestly, it would have been way more impactful for her to have the pre pre match beat down come in the match, say, yes, I can go and then get just waylaid and be done like in a lot of ways that to me would have been more realistic of a look of way you did. It, and I think would have been better than what they did, which they tried to like give her a chance to make a comeback, but it really wasn't. Uh, I wish it wasn't sure. done great. I just don't think it was done very
1: well
0: i think That's the it. other one last thing on this is like it, it, to me is just one of my frustrations with aew women's wrestling is that i mean first of all they have a great roster like i i stand by my belief for some time now that i feel like the women's roster in aew is better than wwe's i, I think they have more talent top to bottom than a wwe does however they do the same damn storyline every time. Okay. When Britt Baker was a champ, she had her entourage come out, interfere in every single match. And the f- baby faces were too stupid to have anybody come down with them. Jade, Jade Cargill for the longest time, same thing. She had her buddies come out. It's just, it's like, that's the only thing they can do with a women, with a heel woman is she comes out with two, three people and the face is stupid and comes out by themselves. And I don't know. It's I mean, it's like, come on, you you're paying people to write this division. Can you come up with something.
3: Well, so far, I think every match on the card, with the exception of the Battle Royal, which was kind of set up to be chaotic, there's been a run in or a, yeah, a, a, something going on in every one of the matches. Which, to in some cases, proved to be good, and in other cases, it's like, wow, this is just. There's just a lot going on and, um, and to some degree, maybe moving away from what makes them really good. And that's some of the wrestling, although it it does come back later in the show to some degree, but definitely it's you're right, Steve there. It's almost as if they don't believe that their women can actually
2: have a really good match to go along with uh, the women's match. Like you said, Gary, we did have Taya Valkyrie versus Jay Cargill and, um, we all picked Jade. We just didn't think Taya was going to have this taken off. We were saving it for probably a different match. But I was reading the notes, and Chris Statlander is back. Oh, what yeah. happened here?
1: This was probably my favorite moment on the whole pay-per-view because mm-hmm. Steve and I, I don't think it's any secret to the longtime listeners, we're both big fans of Chris Statlander. And she's been out with an injury for, God, it feels like forever, well over a year at this point. And there's been rumors, like even back when Jade was like wrestling for 30 and 0, there was rumors that Chris Atlander was going to be the one to take it off of her. And she was still gone at the time. So hats off to AEW for actually holding out on this one. Because they got two really cool things out of this. They got Jake Hargill to have a record that will be memorable. And at the same time, Chris Stantlander comes back and kind of a shock surprise at a pay-per-view. It, it's very WWE of them. To have a match right after the match where she wins in like a minute or so but you know what we've waited long enough that's what we want like just give her the belt and we'll see her on wednesday hopefully um i'm curious who she's going to defend it against and what kind of ring shape she's in at this point she looked good in the ring against jade like she took a couple of jade's moves and recovered in a way that most pro wrestlers would you would think um, versus just being dead from a big boot to the face or something like that. So it was really cool to see that. Um, I feel like the crowd didn't really know who was coming out for a minute because her music sounded a little bit generic to some extent. Yeah. Um, so there was a good minute, even I didn't know. And then they showed and it took a minute because they had to zoom in and, you know, I, I, I might be younger than you guys, but I'm no spring chicken and I was squinting at the screen and I re- once I realized who it was, I was like, oh, my gosh. Chris Stahlander's back. This is awesome. Because she had just posted something on Instagram, hanging out at home. Totally worked me. Um, yeah, the Jade match was good. It was definitely better than Tony versus, God, I'm having a complete mental block here on who the actual champ was. Jamie Hader. Hater. Hater. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this match was good. It was probably Jade's best match, I would argue. And then, you know, Taya obviously is really good, too. And then you bring in Chris Statlander. The crowd definitely came up for this one. Loved it. Yeah, and I think it was kind of nice
0: for a crowd that kind of had their off moments. They were like into this match, like the whole Mm -hmm. match, which was cool. I mean, it kind of lent that kind of heightened it. And you know, Valkyrie's a she's a pro. And like Jade, yeah, I think I think it all worked out. And yeah, you could quibble that like it was very WWE-ish to have her come and win the title, but I'm good with it because. I mean, hell, you never know when Statlander's going to get hurt again, so maybe just give her the damn title. And I I, I think it's admirable. I think um, this felt for me from day one, the plan that Statlander was going to be the one to win, the to beat her, mm-hmm. and they held on, and even at the expense of Jade and kind of dragging this damn thing out, and it felt like it was dragged out, but man, they, Statlander got her moment, and I'm all for it.
2: How'd she look, Statlander? Great.
0: Yeah, she's slimmed out. I mean, if you follow her on Instagram, you kind of see her like training and stuff, but she's uh she's in good shape. She's been working hard. Oh, yeah.
2: I'd expect nothing less. Just just checking yeah. to see if there's any differences coming back from the injury. I know she's been bit with the injury bug and it's yeah. really unfortunate, but I'm happy to see that she is our new TBS women's champion. And uh we all got the point on that. We weren't expecting um, Chris Statlander to win, but it wasn't really a match, so we still gained a point and we don't need to make it complicated, yada yada. So uh, let's just keep it how it is. So we can keep it moving to the match that has been gotten a lot of build up leading up to Double or Nothing. It's the four-way match for the AEW World Championship. Current champ MJF versus Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. We had all picked MJF to win, but there was one stipulation that we want to know who MJF would pin to get uh, the win. None of us actually picked it correctly. Charlie picked Jungle Boy. We all picked Sammy Guevara, uh, Guevara but in fact, it was Darby Allin that got picked. So how was this match? I've got to <sighs> think it was amazing, yeah?
1: It was uh, definitely, it, I would argue, the best pure match of the night um this is what you would expect from AEW which which is great they're the four pillars they should be the ones to put on this type of match and they did um I think in the group thread we were talking about this a little bit and what made this match unique and Mike if you do go back and watch this I think one thing you're going to notice most four-way matches end up with pair of wrestlers in the ring who wrestle the other two guys kind of wait on the outside pretend like they're injured wait for their spot to come back in this match they found so many ways to have all four Mm -hmm. guys wrestling at the same time in some way that at times was a little bit like okay come on but it was so entertaining when it happened Mm. too um the strangest thing i thought in this match and you guys feel free to chime in on this is I actually felt like Sammy Guevara might have a chance at becoming a baby face. And I don't know if it's because he and Ty Conti announced that they're gonna be having a baby before the start of the match. Sammy did his whole cue card gimmick to make the announcement. And it got the crowd on his side. And then during the match, whenever he'd have a big spot, the crowd would actually cheer and not follow it up with you still suck, which has been kind of what he's had to deal with for the last year or two. So he had some really good moments in this match. Jungle Boy was there. He had a couple spots, I think, that were really good. I mean, it was fine. Darby Ellen, I mean, that guy's insane. He always does cool stuff. MJF had some really creative FU spots, I'll call them, during the match, like poking the three other guys in the eyes all in a row and then flipping off the crowd immediately after. Loved it, and so did the crowd. Like, they actually cheered for being flipped off. Like, how how good is that? So, yeah, overall, it was a really good match. I think it went a little long, maybe, for what it was, (laughs) but... I honestly didn't even care. I was having so much fun with this one. This was probably, for me, I would say probably the best, like, wrestling match of the night.
3: I'm I'm with you, man. We talked earlier about what didn't work for Jericho and Cole, which looked like a lot of miscommunication. This match, like, holy cow, like the 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 spots they did if they had made a mistake could have really hurt somebody because of the way they were all intertwined together and i thought they were brilliant they 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 did a masterful job i could not even imagine the amount of cardiovascular uh endurance and strength that these guys have had to have to be able to do all that because the four of them wrestled for a good 20 some minutes you know 20 25 minutes and and in uh, and, and doing all the things that they were doing, there weren't a lot of rest holds. There wasn't a ton of shenanigans. It was it was pretty cool to watch. And you can see why everyone's so high on them, but you can also see why MJF's the champ. And after it was over, you could clearly see he is the better of the three in terms of character development, in terms of persona, in terms of the things that he does. But I will... S- i'll i'll end with it was interesting in this match um the amount of colorful language that the guys were using that they were allowing to come through the mic which made me laugh every time because when you think about it, like Darby Allen got smacked and he's like, oh, you know, and like he drops something like as he's he gets caught in a movie, he's like, oh, you know, it would be exactly what would happen in real life, you know. You're like, and, and so I did think that some of that was really good. And Billy Gunn also, I to to his credit, he dropped a couple of huge, great zingers right before he got pinned. But um, but all in all, I thought. Um, and you can see why MJF's where he's at. You can also see why the other three are quite not there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Not much to add here. I I would agree. It was one of the best matches on the show, if not the best. I was lukewarm to the feud, but man, those guys delivered. It was so good. And I mean, I think, yeah, the right person went over for all the reasons you said, but uh yeah, no, I agree though. Sammy like almost approached respect from the crowd, which they could do something with. I mean, and hell, make real life part of it. Maybe about to be a dad, he starts having a conscience and he starts breaking away from JAS. They could, with very careful writing, make it work. But man, um, yeah, I guess that's all I can say on that because I never thought we'd be there.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm happy to see MJF retain. I never, you know, he's must-see TV in my opinion. Anytime he's on, you focus in. And I love that he's got the gold around his waist. So we got to get to the last match on the card here. It was Anarchy in the Arena. It was the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. We had all picked the Elite to win, except for one man, Gary Williams. He liked to pick uh, Blackpool Combat Club in this for reasons that you'll have to check out on the Prediction Show. Um, But... I'm reading the reviews of this and it sounds like it was kind of close to like a deathmatch style cuz anarchy in the reading, and it's the it's kind of more moments. more uh you know fun a little creative a little quirky in in moments but it sounded pretty brutal. What happened here, Matt? I know you're a big deathmatch guy?
1: I'm a huge deathmatch guy. I wouldn't I don't know. I wouldn't say this match went to those lengths. There were some, definitely some crazy spots in this. I almost, I feel bad saying it, but I feel like I've been desensitized to a lot of this stuff because of AEW. Like, for example, there was a great spot, would have been great two years ago for sure, but there was a spot where Kenny Omega, Jon Moxley are up near the stage fighting and there's the double or nothing poker chip prop set up on the floor somewhere. They knock it over and it's revealed that the backside of the poker chip has barbed wire all over it. So they start suplexing each other onto the barbed wire on the floor. You know, two years ago, I would have been like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Now I'm like, oh yeah, they did that on Dynamite multiple times. So, I yeah, like I said, I don't really know. The one cool thing I think they did differently about this match versus the original Anarchy in the Arena, well, number one, Brian Danielson did not get injured, so that's good. Number two, there was a live band playing Wild Thing when the Blackpool Combat Club came out, and... The Young Bucks, partway through the match, I think they played the song like three times in a row. I think so. Yeah. The Young Bucks got sick of it. They go up, super kick the singer, both at the same time, in the face, and then the band stops playing. So we did get an end to the music, which I thought was great. You you could go either way. The match could play the, or excuse me, the music could play the whole time. Some people like that. I think it would be a little bit too much. You kind of get the best of both worlds with this. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, there were so many crazy spots. The only other spot that really sticks out in my mind was uh, Claudio Castagnoli pile driving one of the Young Bucks in the bed of a pickup truck outside the arena. Just, I don't know, crazy stuff, right? Fighting in the concession area, I always love that because I dream of being at a show where I'm out getting a beer or grabbing my wife something to eat. And all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) here comes Chris Jericho, like, through a table. I'd be like, oh, this is crazy. So, overall I thought it was a lot of fun the, the Jacksons had an exploding shoe oh that was my favorite moment craziest moment of the whole match um uh, yeah and then at the end we get the big twist which I won't I won't steal all the thunder overall though that it was a, it was a pretty good match definitely worth going and watching it was really long I thought um almost too long to some extent but the ending definitely made it worth it which I'll let Steve or Gary get into
0: yeah, I mean, it's is AW t- storytelling when they're patient and they drop little hints along the way that I just love. Because for those of you that remember, um, amidst this feud kind of budding, all of a sudden Don Callis uh, um, started bringing in Takeshita or trying to recruit him. And it was like just kind of, you know, and then he came in and I think teamed with uh, Kenny Omega once when the Bucks were hurt or one of the Bucks was hurt. And then they kind of dropped it for a while. And then Don Callis did his heinous heel turn, or I guess double heel turn, because he was a, you know he was never a good guy. But uh yeah, but then you know what happens at the end of this match? Kenny's kind of taken charge and a masked man comes in and it's Takeshita and he turns and turns heel, you know, this kind of beloved character. Like he's young, but the fans have been really behind him. So it was a surprise turn, but yet They've been dropping these seeds that Callus has been working his evil, sinister magic on him all this time. And now, I don't know. But the other thing that's interesting is this whole time that Don Callus has been involved, they have not overtly said he's part of the Blackpool Combat Club. And yesterday, or sorry, a couple days ago, the uh, interactions were very separate. So it's like he's got Takeshita, but are they part of the Blackpool Combat Club? It's not clear so i don't know it's like these stories within stories it's pretty damn fun
3: a couple things to add one um i thought it was really cool that they allowed wheeler yuda to get the final pin uh yes d- just further s- trying to cement him so um you think about the four pillars match before that one and then in the main event like the main event Wheeler Yuta gets the pin over Kenny Omega if they're they're really trying hard with him i think i think it has a chance to work yuta is a terror i i don't think his promos are very good so that's a struggle for him but i do think that there's really something to be said about that and then the other thing that i, I wanted to bring up is and I, I'm not sure, I'll, some of you maybe are aware or not aware of the media scrum that happens after AEW shows. I think WWE's kind of taken it on. The, the first and the last interviews were awesome. The first one was with MJF, and he balances kayfabe with realism, and he, he just kind of, like, goes back and forth. You can't tell. Uh, you can't tell. I mean, he calls it reporter- a diabetic fat guy in the, in the media scrum. So, I mean, like he's in character, but then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he'll, he'll jump out of character. But the last interview was Brian Danielson and it was completely um out of character. So he, it was him speaking about his AEW experience and just the things. Awesome. Awesome interview. Totally urge anyone listening to listen to that last part. Because it really gives you a behind-the-scenes realization of, one, how thoughtful he is and why he's in AEW. Two, how much he likes it. Three, how much he loves those anarchy-in-the-arena-type matches. He's like, I love brawling. We love to brawl. To us, this was the greatest thing. To be in the, with the fans and to wrestle the way we did Um, and then he also talks about his relationship with Daniel Garcia, with their Yuta, like just his ability to start to bring some of these guys on. So, um, but really good end to the show. Um, I, I'm, I stand by my pick, which I did get correct, which was, I don't think in any way, shape or form, Kenny Omega and those guys, you give them all the credit in the world, their ability to put out, put over talent, you can say anything about their egos say anything about this omega wins pretty much most of the time hangman yeah give or take the the young bucks sometimes but they put over a lot of guys and i and nothing impacts their like teflon so cool end to the show
2: nice yeah well maybe we should wrap up the records but um what were your what would be your overall grade for this AEW Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. fellas?
1: I think I'd give this one a B minus. I I think I don't want to give it a C. I, I'm on the verge of a C plus, somewhere between that and a B minus. AEW could do a lot better. I think we talked about it being a fun show, and it was. I think when you start to actually pick apart the matches, uh, there's so many holes in all of them. I mean, you know we we gave a million examples tonight. Hopefully over the next couple months, Tony Khan talking about the new AEW, hopefully that all pays off. Um, you know, I I would love to get that feeling back that we had in 2019, even 2021, 2022. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So yeah, overall, I'm gonna give it a B minus. It could definitely be a lot better. I think most matches could have been a lot better. Thankfully, they ended on high note, which you know kind of left a you know positive frame in my mind i guess but yeah i'll probably never watch this again (laughs) i'd give it a bb
0: plus i think only because i'm waiting the last two matches plus the battle royal and stuff i mean matt brought up a very good point i think we've gotten used to very high standard even when the builds haven't been outstanding AEW's always delivered on pay per views. Mm -hmm. this is the first one that felt like it didn't fully deliver so it's like, you got to hold them to that standard. It's like, you know, when you've set the excellence up here and you get down here, it's worth noting. But was I entertained? Yes. Did I enjoy it? Yes. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an AEW mark and I'm, I i don't, because I don't watch WWE or anything else. It's like, I'm invested. I want them to do well. So, I mean, I guess to that being said, I hope that, yeah, this is the summer of AEW where they kind of get back a little bit of that magic where they could do no wrong.
3: C plus for me um maybe I because i've always been a tough grader but um i to me the the good was really good and the bad was really bad and it just was too dichotomous in some ways for me um for 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 me to give it a better grade than that Again, though, I was very entertained and I really enjoyed many of this show, but many matches on the show. But there were so many. Where I was like, what are we doing? What is going on here? And I, I, we joked about it. But the JR thing also just kind of irritated me, to be honest, the whole first half of the show. I mean, I you had no idea. I will say, if you listen to the commentary between the three guys, they are so much different than a WWE, much more scripted, you know, the way they announce. those guys crack each other up by saying some of the craziest stuff, but Jr. he was all over the place. And was kind of distracting for me at the, for, for the first half. So, I mean, that also plays a little bit in my grade.
2: Yeah. There's legal weed out there in Las Vegas. And I think, um, because it's not in like a town, like that's why I think all out is like the WrestleMania because Chicago is such a, a wrestling town. Vegas isn't known to be that, so you get a lot of people from out of town that's maybe it's almost like a tourist show rather than mm. an actual like build up. So, I don't know. I just think it has a different vibe plus I bet the wrestlers are maybe a little distracted when they're out there too. They're probably partying mm. it up, maybe not in their top form. Um so, I mean, shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights. That's how they've been doing Damn. so well in yeah. the Stanley Cup because every team that goes out there those players are parting it up and they call it the Vegas flu. So, I don't know. I it that, that's what it sounds like from uh, your comments this evening. They're all great. And um yeah, I don't know if I'll be buying this one. I'm kind of glad reading about it and hearing from you guys because you guys are pros. So, let's get to the records here. Um I continue my downward spiral in the prediction shows. Uh, during hockey season I do get a little dialed back uh new dad all that stuff sleep deprivation my you know my brain's crazy right now it's a six and seven record for me so below that 500 is not good but then uh our current chat was right behind with a seven and six record Steve Grosman so he will not be retaining so it comes down to two Charlie who is not with us a new. Champion is Gary Williams.
1: That's <laughs> great, Gary.
2: <laughs> wow. Coming in strong. Definitely Thanks. a heel champion. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I yeah. Just, this
0: is the fall of uh keep the K
1: Let me tell you something, brother.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> Oh boy he's not a humble first time champion that's for sure <laughs> but uh congratulations gary you're you did play the game very well you got to pick last you swooped in when we all picked one thing and we're the only man to do it and that's how you got that nine and four record over charlie who had an eight and five record so really it was that blackpool combat club pick mm-hmm. and the michael wardlow pick that really got it done for you so congratulations anything to say for the people out there listening
3: I just want to thank all the little people, especially Steve, for his uh, consistent mediocrity. Even though he was winning before, truly, to be honest, he uses more kickouts than anyone else. And so, I, you know, not, not to bring it bring it up or anything, but you kicked out and no one else did. So.
1: Like I said. They booked epic, it wrong. Epic heel promo from Gary. The only thing that was missing was each and every one of you people. But you know what? I'll take it.
2: <laughs>
1: they booked it wrong.
2: all you all you
0: wisconsinites
3: i'm looking out at this crowd right now and all i see is a bunch of cheese
2: heads (laughs) yeah man hey man you know what i love out there in ohio are those buckeyes those chocolate peanut butter things oh yeah holy shit yeah i uh i get those gifted to me every once in a while and i literally eat the whole whatever it is the whole tin Every single time. So, i well,
3: uh, next time I'm back for work, I'll make a special trip up to the to the MKE, and I'll uh, bring y'all some, and we can have a couple Holy diet fuck. pepsi's and talk some wrestling. Oh
2: man, that would well enjoy incredible. Crusher
3: Fest. Uh, I I'm sad I won't be there, but I think you guys are gonna do an amazing job at it, and I hope you enjoy that um experience, and I hope the fans do as well.
1: Thanks. I think yeah. we will do an amazing job too.
0: Um. I can't help, you know. Speaking of, you know, we, we got to find inside of us to to do a great job. And also, what you said about the Vegas, I'm just one like the Golden Knights. I'm wondering, uh, Mike, what do you think that X factor is that like helped them get to the Stanley Cup second time in six years? That as well me, as, uh, yeah, to help me win and you, and lose. maybe maybe help Gary Luck into a King Booker. Yeah. What do you, What do you think?
2: Well, lots of times um, you have to do certain things, be a certain way, be a certain character to reach the stardom, uh, highest uh, precipice of championship. And it's something that we like to preach and yell from the mountaintops for all to hear because we want all of you to go forward, to stay humble, to stay hungry, and to stay hard.
1: Oh, Triple H, woo.